Money, 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 money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call Lending Tree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business, so you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call Lending Tree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. That's 800-634-1315. NMLS number 1136. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. It's time now for Radio Law Talk. As we told you, Fred Penny is out of town and hosting this hour of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Denise Dirks. Good day to everybody. Welcome to RadioLawTalk.com. Good day to you, Denise. Welcome to you too, Todd. <laughs> Todd is a criminal attorney, and he does uh, criminal defense. I always love that phrase. He's a criminal attorney, not another one. Yes. Th- 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 thank you for the clarification. Criminal defense. Thank you. Criminal defense attorney. And I am a family law attorney. I also do guardianships and conservatorships, which also involves um, our producer, Cal Hunter. <laughs> so now, uh, is that a estate planning, those guardians? I mean, is that what we're talking about? No. I mean, not no. guardianships, but... Well, guardianships and conservatorships are considered probate, but it's not estate planning per se. It's more where you have a vulnerable individual that needs to have somebody else oversee them. Is that what you were talking about when you said uh, that's what Cal needed? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, they're always so flattering to me. And that's because Denise is still angry because she got no points on case. I got no points. I got no points for the last two weeks. Oh, well, I'm sorry. For sure. Well, we have a really interesting show today, and we hope we can be informative as well as entertaining. Uh, We are going to be talking about the celebrity couples that have broken up this year and kind of the issues surrounding their divorces or their breakups. We're also going to be talking a little bit about Apple, uh, continuing a discussion we had from last hour. And we have other topics too, right, Todd? Absolutely. We're going to address some things that dumb criminals do. That we're going to try to sprinkle that in through. There's no shortage of those things that that people do that are just like real head scratchers, like the guy who maybe admitted a crime via body art. We'll talk about that and a couple of <laughs> other things. <laughs> That's right. But before we do all of that, we are going to get into our happiest segment that we do each and every hour. You ready, Cal? I'm set. You ready? Yes. Stand by. Roll the open. Three, two, one. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! In 2007, the McWilliams and Bassey families were on their way to Christmas dinner at a relative's home. Their car had stopped at a red light. 
there was a truck behind them that did not stop or even slow down. It slammed into the back of their vehicle. Its driver, David Belniak, crashed into the car at 86 miles an hour, according to an investigator. The collision killed three people, left another seriously hurt. Belniak pleaded guilty to three counts of DUI because it was alcohol, Xanax, and cocaine. So we got the DUI manslaughter. He got 12 years in prison for that. The families of the victims filed a civil suit against Belniak, and he counter-sued. He claimed that the accident had been caused by the driver of the other vehicle, Ray McWilliams, who be he believed he was under the influence of medication at the time. He claimed that McWilliams had abruptly changed lanes, which is why he couldn't stop at eight from 86 miles an hour before he hit the bumper, you know, in the back of their car. And so the question is, we know this is a suit already, so Todd, you're going to go first. The question is, what was the outcome of this case? Oh, brother, what state was this? Uh, I don't know. I honestly do not know. I'm sorry. See, this gets it. This is where I wish Fred were here. For a lot of reasons, I wish Fred were here. I always, I always miss it when Fred's not here. I mean, he's got he's got a very gregarious personality and just, you know, makes you laugh and do stuff and... And stretch. And stretch. <laughs> Which and, obviously and, you're and, doing. And extend and try to get to the break so I can say, I'll give my answer after the break, but I'm looking up at the time. There's no way I can get away with that this nope, time. Nope. But if I give the answer quick, there's no way Denise could do that either. So, uh, the, but what I was going to say is I know that some states are what is it, comparative, neg comparative negligence versus contributory negligence. And one is, all right, they just look at it and they base it make it based upon the percentage that it was versus, nope, if you were negligent, you were negligent, and you, you know, we're not going to offset the award by the amount of the percentage. And so what I am going to say is that this is a case, obviously, and that this is one of those where the defendant in his countersuits, the guy who was That's guilty the of the drunk driver, the yeah. alleged mm -hmm. drunk driver. Well, he's not alleged; he was convicted of that. Now, so, yeah. so the, the drunk driver, so the drunk yeah. driver, has his award reduced, or has has the amount he would pay to the plaintiff reduced by an amount that correlates to the percentage of negligence that was attributed to the driver of the car that was hit. Okay. That's and, and I, I I'm screwing up the legal terms, but that is what happens. It gets and the only reason I say that is because without that, I don't think there's anything about this case that makes it interesting. I think this case is interesting and something that would be newsworthy because people will go, Oh my gosh, this drunk driver got away and was able to lay it on the shoulders of the person that was driving the car that had three people killed. Well, you know what we say in the news business, when a dog bites a man, that's not news, but when a man bites the dog that's a story. That's right. a story. Okay, so Denise, what say you? Case or no case? Well, this is this is the facts. They were stopped at a red light. So I don't think that it matters if you abruptly change lanes. 86 miles per hour is too fast to be that going. Prove you're pretty no out of way control, right? That he yeah. could, and yeah. the person who is under the influence of alcohol, it's almost strict liability to be, con you know, honest with you. How do you get out from that? You're going to be, you've already done a felony by driving under the influence, so you're going to be guilty of a felony. And he had three people that died as a result. So him countersuing the victims, if you will, in a in a, a civil lawsuit, um, he couldn't 
he could probably do a countersuit, but he also could do what's called an affirmative defense to where he can say, you wronged me, and here's how much you wronged me, and it will offset. So Todd's analysis on that is pretty good. But my instinct here is that that it's a normal case, not abnormal case, and because it's so normal, that's why Cal thinks he's going to trick us. What so I'm going to say that his cross-complaint against them fails. Okay. You know, there, there, there's so a, you're, you're saying it is a case, I'm but saying, I told you that. Yeah, it's a case, Sorry, and yeah. I'm saying that the plaintiff victims that sued, that he's, wait, did they sue him and he countersued? They sued him, he countersued. So, okay. who, so who wins? How does that uh, work The out? plaintiffs win. Okay, so she says the plaintiffs win, and say I say defendant... I say that he prevails in the countersuit. So the plaintiff still wins something, but it's reduced by the amount. Plaintiffs of... are the family of the people who died in the yes. car, right? Yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. Now I got my, now got my brain wrapped you, around. You know, it. the the interesting thing about this, uh, just not that I'm going to change my answer or anything, but one of the interesting things about DUI law in particular, and and again, I'm speaking in terms of California. If this was a California case, I don't know, but typically the. The only thing that makes a DUI a felony, absent an absent a um, absent a an accident where somebody's hurt, the only thing that makes a DUI a felony is if you have three prior DUIs within 10 years. The other thing is that in order to get the DUI vehicular manslaughter, there has to be some prior notice to the accused that they were put on notice that if they pick up a DUI in the future and somebody is killed, they can be charged with murder, and and that's how you. That's how you get those uh, two things. And usually in injury cases and death, it also has to be shown that the person did something in addition to DUI that was also a violation of the law. Like they were speeding in addition to the law and the speeding coupled with the DUI is what killed him or they swerved a lane coupled. So and he may have done all that, but I'm sticking with my answer. He was doing 86 miles an hour when he hit them. Yep. Yes. Yep. And that anywhere is going to be excessive speed. That's right. So how does this all work out? Well, we'll talk about that after our first break here of this hour on Radio Law Talk right here on your local radio station and, of course, on RadioLawTalk.com. And don't forget, you can hear all past episodes of Radio Law Talk by simply going to our website and podcasting the show anytime you want to. We'll be right back. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy, some uncle I never knew, called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him, like, a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy, too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. 
That's 800-263-2610. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312 if you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service we just might have a great opportunity for you iceberg drive-ins iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food we lend you our supply chain and expertise and you can potentially have a thriving successful fun business that your customers will love iceberg drive-ins has some prime areas available right now so if you're interested get in touch with us right away go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the contact us button iceberg drive-in ready to grow with you this is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P E-N-N-E-Y-Lawyers.com. Oh, come on. You're listening to All Advertising Talk. Legal. And now back to the show. And here's Denise Dirks. We are doing case or no case right now, and we have a case where a driver of a big rig vehicle um, ran into the back of a car and killed three people, and the driver of the big rig was actually guilty of DUI and was under the influence of drugs as well. And the question is not whether or not this is a case. This is a case. But when the victim sued the driver of the big rig and the big rig driver did a countersuit back. Who prevailed? Right, and the, the big rig driver's name is Mr. Belniak. 
And uh, he was convicted, did prison time. And in the course of that, thought, hey, maybe I can get some money back out of this deal. That's right. right. He did, and he tried. And so Todd has said that um, Mr. Belmiak's uh, countersuit, he does recover something against the victims, and it has the effect of reducing what the victims will collect from him. And I said that the victims prevailed, that he doesn't he doesn't get anything on his counterclaim. And this is a two-point question, not a two-part answer. So it's a two-point. It's either a, a two or a zero. And so I'm very sad to report that one of you got no points and one of you got two. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, it's bringing, well, well, you know, that's... Bringing tears to my eyes. For those of you who said that Mr. Belniak there we go. got something back, that would be Mr. Cunin. Oh, Todd. Oh, Todd, Todd, Todd. Todd, 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 Todd. For those of you who say that the victims' families prevailed, they did to the tune, Denise, of $14 million. Yeah. $14 million. And that was so, it. So my thought was right, that you it was so normal and ordinary that you thought you'd, you'd fool us. Well, I didn't think that. I thought to myself, you don't often hear of, of people in, in a personal injury case going back after the people that they killed. You know, I thought that was an unusual twist. But maybe it is more common than I know. It does. It does remind me of those scenarios where, you know, somebody, let's say, somebody is robbing a home invasion burglary, and they're robbing somebody, and they fall through the staircase of the house they were robbing, and so then they sue the homeowner for negligence. Homeowner and the builder and the architect. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, just, it just struck me as a little strange. Yeah. This this case or no case, you know, raised a couple of questions for me, um, and I think Todd is the person to answer them. Uh, first of all, I know that you can have DUI felony because Todd you said if you have three of them that's going to be in California it will be a felony but I was also under the assumption that if there was injury that that could be a felony as well as property damage yes uh, so let me let me talk about that just I don't want people coming away uh, misinformed or it you know thinking that I misspoke so if we're just talking about a DUI no injuries just a person who's driving under the influence. And the thing I thought interesting about Cal's example here was he wasn't DUI alcohol. This was DUI uh, chemicals, substance. You can, if you're prescribed medication, if you're prescribed oxycodone, Xanax, whatever, you can be DUI if that impairs your ability to operate a motor vehicle with the same care of somebody who isn't underneath those, under the influence of those things. And, and actually, that technically applies to any substance. Cough medicine, anything. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It That's applies right. to anything, yeah. but you rarely, if ever, see it applied um, practically in a case. They, they're usually sticking with the narcotics and alcohol with, with the DUIs. But if it is just the DUI, no other injuries, the only thing that makes a DUI felony are the number of priors you have, if you have some, within a 10-year period. You know, I, I you, could, you could have a, I got a call once from somebody, and their blood alcohol level is like a .41. That's like five times the legal limit. Most people would be in a coma, and but this person was not. They were very worried that they were going to face a felony. It was a first-time DUI that they were going to face a felony because of the blood alcohol content. No, it's, it's a misdemeanor. You don't have the number of priors. Right. However... If, even on a first-time DUI, you're involved in a situation where somebody else is injured, that can be a felony. Not property damage. You don't get a DUI for property damage unless you leave the scene, and then it's not for the DUI, it's for hit and run. Dumb question. Does death count as an injury in that case? it does. It does. It does. And so if somebody is killed or injured, 
then you can face a felony. The reason why I started out with injury was clearly in death, you're going to, you're, with your DUI, you're going to face a, a felony. But in the case of an injury, you can, depending on the severity of the injury. I mean, look, if you were DUI and you're, you got into a little fender bender and your passenger got a scrape on their leg, yeah, that could be DUI with injury. It's going to be a misdemeanor because it's not that significant. But if somebody suffers significant injuries, well, then it can be even on the first time. So that's what makes it a felony is if there's injury or death. But if it's just a DUI, it's only a felony if they have the priors. That That's really, I think that's important to note. I agree, because my theory is if you get one DUI, you cannot drive forever as long as you live. That's just my own theory, because it's <laughs> such a danger to people out there that that the other driver simply cannot recognize. Like these people are sitting at a stop sign obeying the law, boom, they're gone, just like that. I mean, it, you know? it, yeah. DUI is one of those, uh, what was it described by somebody there, but for the grace of God cases, mm-hmm. like Russian roulette, in the sense that, some people, two people leave a bar. They both have blood alcohol levels of 0.25. They're both similarly impaired. One makes it home okay, the other hits somebody. And it was the person that hit somebody just had a different set of circumstances, but they were both had the same mental state, which isn't really great, and the same impairment when they left, right? Right. And so in that regard, it's it's like the Russian roulette of driving when it comes to people that can be hurt. And Trust me, trust, uh, look, I know we don't give advice, but I'm going to give advice. It's not legal advice, it's practical advice. It is far better, far better if you are somewhere where you have been drinking or taking anything that might impair your ability to call Uber or a taxi. It is far better to do that than get behind the wheel of a car. That's exactly it, right. And yes. go get your and car you, the next day. Right? And exactly. if you are a true friend and caring person, if you know somebody is impaired, take their keys and make other arrangements for them to get home. It, it, I would rather have somebody hate me and they are still alive than to be kicking myself the rest of my life because I didn't do anything. Denise, what's a number they can call us? Let's let's uh, put that number out there. It's 855-LAW-RADIO. That is 855-529-7234. We want you to call in. We're going to start talking about some fun celebrity breakups, and we want to hear from you. Breakup to makeup. That's all we do. (laughs) (laughs) Radio Law Talk will continue here in just a little bit, so we hope you'll stay tuned. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 
Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Dish, 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 dish TV. Oh, stop it. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. Here's Denise Dirks. Welcome back. We're going to talk today about some celebrity couples who have called it quits <gasps> in what? 2020. In, what? Infidelity and broken marriages in Hollywood? And it's, it's not just marriages either. That's the part that's for me, becomes surprising. Uh, in Hollywood, it's kind of you get to a milestone in a relationship, and that's almost considered a long-term you know, affair here. We've been married three weeks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, we got one that's kind of like that, right? We've got a few of those. Huh. We've got, like, oh, my gosh, I, I think this is so – there's some sad ones. Let's start yeah. with the getting the bad out of the way. Um, Kelly Clarkson and Brandon Blackstock, um, they have filed for divorce. Oh. They've only been married for seven years, and they have two children together. So that is a sad one. I mean, you wonder things like, do they have a prenuptial agreement? And I don't think they do. And you wonder if they're going to be amicable or if they're going to fight. You just don't know yet. It's too recent. She just filed for divorce um, in Los Angeles this month. Now, did she file or did he? Because obviously she, she, she has this TV show going on. She did. And that's why she filed in Los Angeles. Because the couple had moved themselves to Los Angeles to reside there. As opposed to, I think they have a place in Montana. And... Um, they moved to Los Angeles so she could do her show. Sure. And then yeah. during the COVID, they were actually living on their ranch, um, but she filed in Los Angeles. And I think there's reasons why she filed in Los Angeles. Well, I, yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if that. the quarantining in place for COVID, with these that are, are recent filings, you, you and, and I think, Denise, you and I had talked about this before, what the effect of having to spend so much time with your spouse was going to have. It was going to yes. be an increase in the divorce rate, like, oh, good Lord, I didn't know how much of an idiot you really were, which is, if I were married, probably something my spouse would be saying. Um, oh. You know, and it would just be, ah, you know, it's, I, I, don't, I no longer have poor eyesight and a bad sense of smell. I can't be married to you anymore, Todd, so get out. <laughs> but, well, I think COVID has a lot to do with some of it. Yeah. But I, I, I think the reason that she filed in Los Angeles is because of spousal support. Because in, in California, believe it or not, a presumptively long-term marriage is 10 years, yes. which is pretty short when you think of the big scope of life, right? Yeah. But if in if you file in California and California is the jurisdiction, then if you don't have a long-term marriage of 10 years or more, then you will only be playing short-term 
temporary spouse, well, not temporary, but short-term spouse support of about one half the length of the marriage. And she'd have to support her husband in this case. Is that what you're thinking? I do. I think that's probably true. Even though her husband is, um, you know, he's a professional um, in his own right, and he's was a manager. He's he's basically the music manager, and. All of that, I think probably she does make a little more money than he does at well, this stage. Those talk show TV hosts, they do fairly well. I, they, they do. do. Yeah. So yeah. it's my understanding when you start talking about the difference between long-term and short-term marriage for purposes of spousal support is that, as, as you said, if it's a short-term marriage, theirs was, what, seven years? Let's just say it was eight years because it's easier to divide that by two. So if somebody's married eight years and it's a short-term marriage, legally speaking, in the state of California, then spousal support generally speaking, maybe on the hook for about four years, half of that, right? But if it's a long-term marriage, there is no formula. That's something that the court has to kind of, it's the court discretion. Isn't that right? It is really an interesting way that the court has to determine it. It's based upon 16 different factors like the health, the age, tax consequences, whether one parent stayed home to take care of dependent children and deferred their career opportunities. I mean, that's a a very valid consideration. Um, But it's also all coupled there by the marital standard of living. And that is a... Believe it or not, mathematical formula that I personally would hire an expert to determine, and and that potentially means that the amount that's determined to be the marital standard of living, um, long-term spousal support is one that could go on until there's a material change of circumstances like a loss of a job or another marriage. Retirement. Yeah. Well, let's no, just say yeah, that Kelly, the, yeah, Kelly Clarkson decides they rent the Beverly Hillbillies mansion, that forty-four million dollar mansion. Let's say they rent that. And the nut on that is, I don't know, 50,000 bucks a month. So that would that be the marital standard would do that said, well, it's 50 grand a month. Now let's divvy that up somehow. Or the, how would that that's work? That's kind of a little too simplistic. It's more okay. complex. It's mm-hmm. more like looking at the average gross income of the family um, over a period of time during the marriage. And then you have to, you have to consider their children and then you have to consider that now they're living two separate and distinct lives. So you have to kind of dummy up that number a little bit. Um, not dummy, that's not the right word, but you know, put the number up for the separate living. So it's a complex formula that. I'm, as an attorney, don't do that kind of complex You hire math. a mathematician for that. I do. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a question for you, Denise. Um, how long have you, how long have you been a, a family law practitioner? 31 years. 31 years. Okay, that's great. Um, so, and, and I, I'm not asking this because I know the answer. I legitimately want to know, in the 31 years that you have been a family law practitioner. You know, I have to correct that. What's that? I didn't start as a family law attorney. So I'm okay. 31 years as an attorney, and I've been at least 26 years a okay. family law attorney. Well, all right. If you're only 26, you're a novice, so I don't know if I can ask this question. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> Rookie. Okay. <laughs> that still works here. So so you're familiar not only with the laws and how, the status of the law for the 26 years that you've been practicing, you're probably also familiar with the, the history of the law that you know as as it has changed over time and come forward to this point how much change has there been to the basic spousal support law first over the course of your career and then over say the lifetime of the law if 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 the spousal support came about say in the 40s or 50s as a general idea to protect you know the spouse that was staying at home for 
a long period of time. How has it changed over the years, or is it still fundamentally the same way? Uh, well, it, it's it's fundamentally the same way. The biggest changes really were in property mm-hmm. ownership, especially by women. And so in family law, that was the biggest change because California wanted to draw wealthy women out to the West. And how do they do that? They said, whatever whatever property you have and you come here with is yours. You get it. You don't share it with your husband. So that was kind of the historical property issue. The spousal support issue is relatively a newer phenomena, mm-hmm. but it hasn't really changed content um, in a, a long period of time with one huge exception. And that is there somewhere in the 90s, it changed to be that um, you have the duty to become self-supporting within a reasonable period of time. And that applies to everybody. Now, the reasonable period of time may change depending on the length of the marriage or other factors, but that is something that was a huge change. The other thing that's changed is it's applied equally to male and female. It doesn't matter who the primary wage earner was or is really. It's not a gender specific anymore. It's really changed. And the only thing that cuts off that obligation if it's a long-term setting is the marriage of the supported person. That, as a matter of law, will cut it off. And did I answer your question? You, you, you did, because the, the, the way I've always viewed spousal support is this idea that if, it's, let's say it's a long-term marriage and you have the one person who's working and the other person who is the supporter, the, who's the, uh, the, the, the one who's not working, who, you, you know, if it's back in the 40s and the 50s, she's the one that stays home and takes care of the kids and whatever. And, and at divorce... I think everybody would agree. It it isn't fair that somebody should go and they don't have any education and skills or anything like that because they have been taking care of everything that that because of the choice of somebody else, the, you know, in historically it was the guy back in the 40s and the 50s because of that person's choice to terminate the marriage that the other spouse would go from living in a nice home to a, a nice home and clothes and being supported to now living in a small one-bedroom apartment or a uh, living on burlap and, and whatever because their circumstances changed when their ability to gain skills and take care of themselves was not there because they were doing other things to allow somebody else to do that. There has to be a period of time so they can get on their feet. And I guess basically that is the same, but now it's applied equally because the gender norms of who is the one that stays at home and who goes out in the workplace is not the way that it was back in the 40s and the 50s. You can have both people working. Yeah, it's yes. not the way that it was in the 60s yeah. or 70s. It's really changed a lot, which is a good thing. It needed to, yeah. quite honestly, because that bias, if you will, needs to be taken out of um, the view and the purview of, of the law. Um, we've got Jordana Brewster and Andrew Form. Um, this is the Fast and Furious actress. We've got hers, and hers is a long-term marriage. So that's a different result um, than the short-term marriage um, scenario. And um, then we've got to talk about marital agreements because that's a very important part of divorce. No matter what state you're in, no matter what venue, you need to be able to come up with a marital agreement amicably and some people delay that for a really long time. Well, I'm thinking instead of people writing their own little vows with little fuzzy poems, like, you know, you're the you're the sugar in my coffee, they should look at each other and read their prenup. Whereas the party of the first part. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny one. That is really good. It'd be a good movie scene, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's right. Well, stay with us. Uh, we'll be back. We'll have some more interesting topics to discuss. And you can... 
call us at Radio Law Talk, or you can tweet us at Radio Law Talk, or you can call or email. We'll be right back. Hold on. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny at Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers 1-800-616-4LAW. If you're one of those independent people who want your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. 
Infectious diseases spread by pests like malaria, Zika, and Chagas disease are causing a worldwide health crisis. Fortunately, here at home, we don't face the same level of threat, but we shouldn't let our guard down. Mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus and Zika are impacting communities across the U.S., and Lyme disease spread by ticks is on the rise. Whether around the world or just around the block, get the facts you need to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Where's Fred? This is Radio Law Talk. And now hosting this hour, here's Denise Dirks. Yes, welcome back to the show. Uh, we were talking about uh, celebrity breakups, and surprise, surprise, there are a lot already there in 2020. Are. Um, one of the things that's interesting about um, a true divorce is how do the parties involved actually handle it? Are they amicable? Are they not amicable? I mean, really, that depends. And it seems to me like the ones that wait a longer period of time to come up with a negotiated settlement, marital settlement agreement, they're the ones that do better in the divorce setting. Um, for example, Sean Hannity and, and Jill Rhodes, uh, they were – you know, quietly divorced. They they separated for a long period of time. They quietly divorced. They kept everything out of the public um, arena, and they did it for the benefit of their children. Yes. Um, and I think that's always a better way to handle a divorce and negotiate over a period of time because usually the first two years after people separate, they're still hanging on to emotions. You have to get to a point where it's almost a business decision about how to resolve everything, how to divide everything. you got to take away that emotionality um, from everything. Because that's how the court sees it. They see this basically as a dissolution of a, of a, of a business proposition. You're deciding how to divide property, uh, you know, how to spend who gets what. I mean, the court doesn't care about whether you're sad or not. Do that's they? true. Yeah. That's exactly true. You know, I, we're, we're talking about all of this, and, and I know that people are going to look at that and and I, I I know this from people that I have spoken to, you know, members of my own family, when they when they see celebrities uh, break up, and it's very easy to look at that and go, how come they couldn't make it work? Good heavens, look at all the money that they have, and and they could take time for each other, and they could do this. And I think that when people make statements like that, there is a fundamental misunderstanding of the pressure on a celebrity couple that the average person absolutely has no concept of. That is exactly true. I mean, I mean you, you take a celebrity couple that is working and, and they're doing things. Uh, they often have assistants. You know, what's one of the biggest things that really leads, uh, that, that can become a wedge to a couple in a marriage? It's when, it's when instead of talking with each other, you start talking to somebody else about what's going on with your spouse and your backbiting and all this. Well, if you are in a situation where you have assistants, and helping you out, and they want to cater to do everything for you. I mean, you have built in your I want to complain against my spouse sounding board right there. That's one. Two, you have schedules that cause you to be all over the place. And so it's not just kids. It is literally, there. there's no time because if you're doing a production in L.A. and they're doing a production in New York, you can't see each other, you can't do things. And the thing that compounds that is because is that if you're a celebrity and you're in New York and this person here, the, the total number of people that want to have access 
access to you. Some for business reasons, others for potential romantic liaisons. That is compounded, which increases the rumor mill. But, you know, I think there's one more thing that you just can't underestimate, and that is being in a fishbowl. Exactly. I mean, these people are under social media pressure all the time. Now, true, it's their choice. It is. But everybody wants a piece of their time for whatever their self... Most people see celebrities as a means of achieving what they want to achieve. They don't care about the person they use in the course of that, the celebrity. They just say, well, oh, they endorse my product. Oh, go out with me. Oh, you know, whoever it may be. So they see that celebrity as an object... A vehicle to an end rather than an actual living, breathing human being, in I'll, my opinion. I'll, so I'll give you an example where I saw that back in 1995. It was January of 95, and my favorite football team was going to be playing in the Super Bowl that year. And I went to a basketball tournament in the San Francisco Bay Area, and it just so happened that the starting quarterback for that team, Steve Young, was seated <laughs> right in front of me on the baseline at this basketball tournament that I was uh, there at. And in the course of one basketball game, it was a non-stop chorus of people coming up to him. Hey, can you sign this? Can you, you know, did you talk to so-and-so about maybe speaking at my kid's school? Can you do this? And it was never ending at a basketball game out in public. And that, you talk about the fishbowl. Yeah, that's you know, hard. Look, I, I, I'm divorced. But I've said that on the show. And when my wife and I went through, my ex-wife and I went through our divorce, we had, for the most part, the luxury of being able to work out our differences and work everything out in privacy. Nobody wanted to know what was going on between Todd Kunin and his spouse. Yeah, the only people who were embarrassed or sad about what was you two. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't the whole world. It, you're, right. you're, you're, it was not broadcast. I mean, look, we're talking about this right now on a radio show because we saw articles where this was broadcast. No, nobody wrote an article about mine, right? Nobody right. wrote an article about mine, but here it is. It, it, the pressure that puts on a marriage has got to be incredible. That's so true, and you know when you and and the media being able to access divorce yes. files are public record, so the media can access any of their files. We've got the case of Jamie King and Kyle Newman. Um, these these very professional couple they get divorced and what's happening when she files for divorce king also seeks a domestic violence prevention petition mm. and that's pending right now too and that's certainly a bad omen uh if you will because um that type of an allegation will increase the conflict and here's another key point it's politicians too and the press is all, they're not looking for the routine if it's celebrity they're looking for the juicy stuff they oh are. look there's a protective order oh look you know we saw him out with the mayor's secretary last week whatever it is they're looking for the juicy goo is that it's true so yeah. true <laughs> it's absolutely kind, it's kind of like what you said last hour cal or maybe it was earlier this hour when you said uh, with regard to news and nobody cares about the dog that bites the person but when the person bites the dog that's exactly. because it's juicy now it's we, interesting and that it's the same thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and a very famous now uh, bachelor has broken up with his fiance, Colton Underwood and Cassie Randolph. And you may ask, what's the breakup? And when you know that they're already engaged, you wonder, did they have a prenup? Did they couldn't negotiate the prenup before the marriage? Or what or happened? What happened yeah, what to happened? the prenup? Yeah, what's this about? Yeah. There's, what a lot of people don't know is that the prenuptial agreement does not take effect until the marriage. So if they had a prenup, 
it's not even in effect. There's now, nothing to enforce. Now, now with regard to that, you, you, the, the term prenup refers to prenuptial agreement, so, right? Sorry, I'm talking legal speak. Yeah, yes. So pre, but prenuptial agreement refers to actually getting married. And yet, by definition, yes. prenuptial sounds like, well, it's enforced before they're married, but it means you get the agreement before you're married. It's, not the, it's yes, so, it's so, a premarital arrangement. And so the question that I have here in the, in the case of uh, Colton Underwood and, and Cassie Randolph which is the bachelor couple, they never got married, did they? No, they did not. Okay, so if they had a prenuptial agreement that was supposed to take into effect once they got married, now you're talking about maybe an agreement that might exist while they're dating or while they're engaged. They haven't been, they haven't been married yet, but are, are you saying that there's an agreement maybe by virtue of the fact that he proposed to her on national TV, that uh, he may have entered into an agreement for certain things with her that he'd be liable, even though they never got married? Um, no, I don't think that that would be the case, but that would be a, an understanding. I mean, he did make a promise to marry her. He did. Yeah. They made a promise they both shared to marry each other, and now they have backed out of that promise. Now, now look, th- sometimes there are promises and gifts that are exchanged in anticipation of marriage. I think we've all heard cases like, you know, I'm not going to give you back the ring. I'm right. not going to give you back exactly. the ring. It was a gift. What happens? What happens in a case like that? Well, it depends. I have to say that very honestly. That's a lawyer answer. Good job. Yes, it has to be uh, based upon the state law by which you are in at the time that the breakup occurs. And it sometimes will depend on who breaks up with whom. So a gift or engagement ring is considered to be a gift. So after marriage, it's a gift to the, the spouse that received that engagement ring. Either a gift or collateral. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. So, so if, That's so, a good one. <laughs> so if, if, uh, if, if I'm the woman and he gives me an engagement ring and then he breaks off the engagement, I should probably keep it as a gift. Is it different if after I get the $10,000 ring, I break off the engagement? Is it then viewed maybe as a, well, no, this was, you accepted in anticipation of this other thing happening and when that didn't happen, you owe me the ring back? Well, it, it could be morally. It could be yeah. that. Interesting. Yes, it hey, could be both. Two hours in the book. Cal, take wow. us away. Isn't it crazy? Here we only have one hour to go. We have uh, quick takes and other things coming up next hour and another case or no case. Yes, Radio Law Talk really is just getting started, even as we invite you to put your trays up in the full and upright position. Stay tuned. The show continues after this. to radiolawtalk.com a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated
struggling with addiction or alcohol problems, if you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 